Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. I want you to start this year, 2024, appreciating the most important gift the Holy Spirit has given to us, and it is the Bible. It is the Bible. This book is the Word of God. But do you know Jesus Christ is also called the Word of God? So the difference here is this. The Bible is the written Word, and Jesus is the living Word. If you want to know Jesus well, then you must know this book well. If you don't know the Word, you don't know Jesus. If you don't try to understand the Bible, then you will never understand Jesus Christ. But if you make time for the Word, you're making time for the Lord. If you keep the Word in your heart, then you are keeping Jesus Christ in your heart. I was introduced to the Bible when I was only 10 years old. I had a serious asthma problem and was admitted to the Singapore General Hospital. One day, my dad's friend came to visit me, and he gave me a small King James Bible. But as a 10-year-old, it was very hard for me to understand King James English. I only understood it a little better when I got hold of an easier version to read. The RSV, the Revised Standard Version. Now, you must remember back then in the early 70s, you don't have the NIV version, the never incorrect version. I mean the new international version, right? Now, in those days, my parents weren't Christians. So I couldn't go to church. But throughout my secondary school years, my Bible was my nightly companion. I read it every night before I slept. I started with the Gospel of John. And then I went on to the book of Acts. And then I went to the beginning, to the book of Genesis. I would go back to read Matthew all the way to Revelation. And then circle all the way back to the books of the Old Testament. This was what I did in my younger days. I wanted to know if there is a God. And if He exists, what is God really like? I want to find out the meaning and purpose of my life. Why did God create me? How am I supposed to live and relate to Him? How is my future like? Is there an eternity? What happens after death? You know, some days, I understood what I was reading. Other days, I couldn't understand. Some days, the Bible spoke directly to me. But other days, I fell asleep just after a few verses. Some days, the stories were so powerful and real to me. But other days, I couldn't make heads or tails of it. But after four years of reading the Word of God, the God of the Word wonderfully revealed Himself to me. I was secondary four by then. And I have no doubt, I knew that I knew that I knew that God the Father is real. And that His Son, Jesus Christ, is alive in me through the Holy Spirit. I have now been reading, studying, meditating on the Bible for almost 50 years. And until today, it is still speaking powerfully to me. For example, just last week, I was reading Psalm chapter 19 and verse 14. This is my own devotion. May these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight, Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Now, this is a prayer 
of David. May these words of my mouth, I thought to myself, check. Hmm, not bad. These days, I'm very careful with my words. You know, zero anger, zero gossip, and all that, and so on. But then the Holy Spirit said to me, now Kong, what about the meditation of your heart? Is it pleasing in my sight? You may not say it, but do you think it? And I really came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You see, the Word of God is like an x-ray machine. You may think you're reading the Bible, but in reality, the Bible is reading you. If I want to experience the strength of God as my solid rock and my redeemer, then my outer expressions and my inner thoughts must spiritually align. I can't be saying something, but in my heart, I feel something opposite. So you see, even studying the Bible for almost 50 years, it is still speaking to me every day, correcting me, changing me. Now, how does Jesus feel about the Bible? Quoting from Psalms, Jesus says in John chapter 10 and verse 35, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken. In this one verse alone, Jesus chooses two titles for the Bible. It is the word of God and the scripture. Everybody say out loud with me, say the word of God. God. Say the the scripture. Now, they don't exactly mean the same thing. When Jesus calls the Bible the word of God, he meant it is a message sent directly from God. This is his word. His message to you. But the word scripture literally means that which is written down. So God has spoken many, many words, but not everything is recorded in this book. So there is a limitation. The Bible is what he wants you to know. The words he has chosen for you. To have them recorded in writing for your benefits. Things you need to know for your own salvation, the best way forward in your life to experience His love, His joy, the peace of God from here to eternity. Now, notice Jesus says, the scripture cannot be broken. This is how powerful the Bible is. The words in this book cannot be broken. Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away but my words will never pass away. Turn to your neighbors and say, his word will never pass away. Now, will you please go with me to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3 and verse 16. Now, let's all read together the words in bold three times as loud. Starting now. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. All scripture is God-breathed. Feel neutos. Feel God. Neutos, breath. It is the breath of God. And this is another name for the Holy Spirit. So the person behind every verse in the Bible is the Holy Spirit. It may have been written by different people through different channels in different times, under different contexts. But the ultimate author 
is the Holy Spirit, who is God Himself. Turn to your neighbors and say, the, the author is the Holy Spirit. Have you ever realized that authority comes from the word author? This means to move in spiritual authority. You got to know both. The author, who is the Holy Spirit, and the book he has written, which is the Bible. Listen carefully. To move in the authority of the Holy Spirit, you must know the book that he has authored. Because when we confront the scripture, we are confronting the authority of God himself. Now it says, all scripture is God-breathed. Not some parts of the scripture, but all scripture. All 66 books are inspired by God. You know, true story, I have met people who only like the four gospels and nothing else. And then there are those who are only into the letters of Paul. <laughs> they think the words of Paul is even greater than the words of Christ. Then there are those who only like the New Testament or only the Old Testament. Now you can't do that. There is no book you can leave out and say, ah, these are not important. Even little books like Nahum, Obadiah, Philemon, or Jude, they are just as important as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Don't just focus on a few well-known verses and think that they're all that matters. No, you must be thoroughly equipped with all Scripture. Everybody say, all Scripture. Turn to somebody and say, all Scripture. Now, it will take you many years to read this book and to know it well. It took me four years to read it through once as a secondary school boy. And it is progressive. You will grow from strength to strength as you study and meditate and apply the word in your life. Now, look again at the verse. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Can you see? The Bible is powerful in four ways for you. Number one, teaching you spiritual knowledge and wisdom. Number two, rebuking, just like what I shared in the earlier verse in Psalms 19 last week. Pointing out errors in your life, moral lapses in your life. But I tell you, the Bible does it in a very loving way because God is love. It is the love of God that will lead you to repentance, to bring real change in your life. Number three, correcting. It brings you back on the right path whenever you go off course. <laughs> Number four, training in righteousness. So the word cultivate the right way of living in you so that you have the right attitude as you go through life. Turn to somebody and say, what an amazing book. Yeah, we are all followers of Jesus, right? How many of you are followers of Christ? Just lift up your hands, yeah? We pattern our lives after Jesus, right? So you must know, Jesus fully recognizes the authority of the Scripture. Go with me to Matthew chapter 3, and let's read together the two verses here, verse 16, 17, when he was baptized at the Jordan River. So let's all read the two verses together, starting now. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. 
at that moment, heaven was open. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, so there's no question whatsoever. Growing up, he always had the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But at the Jordan River, he was empowered by the Spirit to be our Savior. For the first time in human history, God publicly revealed himself as a trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they were all there at the Jordan River, all at the same time. The voice of the Father thundered from heaven. This is my beloved Son, in Him I'm well pleased. Now you may think, wow, Jesus is now so anointed, so blessed. The Father has publicly expressed His love for Him. After this, He's gonna have it so easy. (laughs) Look, He just got the endorsement of both the Father and the Spirit, and don't forget, also from the prophet John the Baptist. But that was not so. The next thing that happened is that the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days of fasting and prayer. And he was tempted by Satan the devil. So please don't imagine. God's blessing automatically means your life is going to be a bed of roses. Everything's going to be easy peasy for you from now on. No. In fact, the opposite is usually true. Satan always opposes more strongly those whom God has anointed and blessed. Luke says that when Jesus was led into the wilderness, he was full of the Holy Spirit. But at the end of the 40 days, he returned in the power of the Spirit. Everybody say power. Power. Say louder, say power. It is one thing to be full of the Spirit. It's another thing to function in the power of the Spirit. And Jesus couldn't do that. He didn't do that until he had his conflict with Satan. It will be the same for you. It will be the same for me. To move in the authority of the Spirit, you must first overcome many temptations and oppositions. Jesus knew the devil was a liar. Satan is a liar. The only way you know he's lying is if you know the truth, which is the word of God. So if you don't know the truth, how do you know something is a lie, right? The more you spend time studying the Bible, the more you will know and understand the truth. Turn to somebody and say, you need to study the Bible. Yeah. Okay, how did Jesus do it? Satan came to him. The first thing he tempted him to do was to doubt God's word. Now, this is the usual approach of the devil. He will make you question the Bible. He will try you to doubt what he says. This has been his modus operandi since the beginning of time. If he can get you to doubt the word of God, that doubt will lead to disbelief and will always lead to disobedience. From doubt to disbelief, to disobedience. So the first thing Satan said to Jesus is this. Look at Matthew 4 and verse 3. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now, let me give you a background a little bit. 
By this time, Jesus was already convinced. He had read the Bible. Psalms 40 says that he was the Messiah, a body you have prepared for me to do your will, O God. And God had just spoken from heaven saying, you are my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. He had the word, he had an encounter. Now the devil came, challenging him to doubt what he has read, what he has heard is really from God. So he tempted him. Jesus, if you indeed is the son of God, prove it. Turn the stones into bread. So let's all read verse four together, shall we? Everybody together, the words in bold, three times as loud, starting now. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And Jesus Christ did this three times. All three answers, he gave the devil. All were taken from one place. The book of Deuteronomy. I mean, are you sure Deuteronomy? Why don't you take from Psalms, take from Proverbs? Why don't you take from more powerful books like Isaiah? Deuteronomy? But Jesus knew that Satan could not question the authority of Scripture. I know some people consider Deuteronomy to be very dry, very boring. How many of you ever done a Bible study on Deuteronomy? (laughs) But Satan couldn't withstand the power and the authority of it. Right here, Jesus Christ is showing us the pattern he uses to have victory in life. And this is what he wants you to know this morning. If it works for him, it will work for you. Turn to somebody and say, Jesus is showing you victory. Uh, Yeah. Guys, we all face temptations every day. Anger, greed, lust, pride, envy, sloth or indifference, laziness, no motivation, gluttony, the craving of the flesh. We are all tempted by them every single day, one way or another. How Jesus deal with them? He came against them with the word of God. It is written. It is written. It is written. Listen, this is very, very important for you. That is why Pastor is sharing with you right at the beginning of the year. So that for the rest of this year, you can live a life of victory. Every time Jesus was tempted, this was what he said. Look, it is written here in the Bible. Here is what it says. It is written here. And whenever he used the word, Satan had no answer to it. He had to back down. But the moment he can get you to doubt the word of God, then he's got you. He brings you to disbelief and ultimately to disobedience and deny. I'll give you an example. You read the scripture. In my name, you'll speak in new tongues. On the day of Pentecost, all of a few in the spirit spoke in tongues. And you experience it. You start speaking in tongues. You have the word. You have the encounter. The devil came. Are you sure tongues is for today? Are you sure it's all right to pray corporately? You got shocked. He got you. Doubt lead to disbelief. Ultimately, disobedience. Ah, I'm not going to speak in tongues anymore. You had the word. You had the encounter. But now you're denying it. You will deny his truth. 
and deny Him of what He wants to do in your life. But the one thing Satan cannot answer to is the Bible. Oh, come on, you believe that? Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 17, it says over here, Paul says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, this is the sword of the Spirit. This is the weapon the Holy Spirit gives you against the devil. Now, the Greek word here is rhema. Everybody say rhema. That is the word which is spoken. The moment you take what is written here, put it in your mouth, and say it out, it becomes a very sharp-pointed sword to fend off the devil and cut through every barrier and obstacle he puts in your way. Satan will back off. He must because he has no answer for the Word of God. But let me tell you, all the power and authority of the Bible will not protect you if it is just sitting on your shelf. Or lock away in, on an app in your mobile phone. It's all the power, but it cannot help you. It only works if you study it, quote it, confess it and pray out with your mouth and speak it forth. Turn to somebody and say, speak the word to your situation. Now let us come to a very, very interesting verse. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is alive and active. So this is not a dead book, just black prints on some white papers. No, no, no. It is not just sounds that come from a preacher's mouth. It is life. It is living. It is active. It is dynamic. When you read the Bible, it's not like reading a magazine or a novel or a storybook. In it contains the power of God. If you allow this to go deep, deep into your heart, it will deposit the life of God there and you become alive. You become dynamic, powerful. That's how it works. If you have known me as a young boy, I was very depressed. I was very quiet. I was not sociable. But when the Word of God, four years, I told you as a secondary school boy, I put this Word into my life, I became alive. I became dynamic. If you allow this to happen, now look at verse 12 right now. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Again, it's likened to a super sharp sword, a very powerful weapon. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. So it goes deep, 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 down, down, down. It goes very deeply into your innermost being, into the soul and the spirit. It penetrates right into the depth of your personality. That means your character. Into your deepest thoughts and your motivation. That means the scripture can penetrate where no surgeon's scalpel can ever go in. And since it contains the life of God, the word is the medicine 
to heal your soul deep within. Now, when you're sick, you can see a doctor, right? And then he'll prescribe medication to take for your physical body. You take tablets for your headaches, syrups for your flu, your cough. You get injections for your COVID, or even do a bypass if your arteries are clogged. But if your soul, your innermost being is wounded, your heart is broken, you are damaged emotionally on the inside, what medicine can you take? There is no medicine in the whole world any doctor can prescribe to heal a broken heart. There is none. When my heart is broken, I cannot go and say, doctor, I'm, I'm grieving. My husband, give me a medicine. The most he can do, give you sedative, make you sleep and just not exist. Only God can heal the broken heart. Psalms 147 verse three says, he heals the broken hearted and binds up their wounds. So how does he do it? He uses his word as the medicine to heal your wounded soul. The word is sharper than any surgeon's scalpel. It is the only thing that can penetrate and go deep, deep inside, into your mind, into your emotions, into your thoughts, into your heart, into your soul, your spirit so deep to bring healing there. I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I had a lot of hidden anger, repressed anger. Now, I can't go to the doctors. Doctor, I have a chronic anger problem. Give me medication to cure it. <laughs> it is impossible. There's no prescription in the world that can cure cancer, uh, uh, anger. Probably the doctor is just as angry as you. <sighs> He'll get angry for you asking him to cure your anger. <laughs> but the word of God is a medicine for it. There is verse after verse, as I read the Bible, telling me, don't be angry. Don't be angry. Do not let the sun set your anger. Do not give a foothold to the devil. Don't be frustrated. Don't be irritable. But find joy in releasing forgiveness. The more I study this, memorize them, recite them, meditate on them, the more the Holy Spirit empowers me within to cultivate zero anger. And this is how I was delivered from being an angry person. I mean, I was a pastor and I was angry all the time, always irritable, always passive-aggressive. Not saying it, but really saying it, sarcastic to the max. Hot-tempered, just ask my staff. They went through it. <laughs> the Word of God penetrates so deeply into my soul, to the root of all my anger, and set me free with the truth. The more I study on forgiveness, the more I find joy in releasing it. The more I forgive, the more the toxin of anger is removed until there's no more. There is none. We always talk about cancer markers. If you check my anger marker, it is at zero or very close to it. Same thing. If you study the scriptures on the healing of the broken heart, the word of God becomes the medicine to heal the broken areas inside you. 
I know some of you here, you've been hurt by someone. You've been abused by people. You've been abandoned. Someone has lied to you, lied about you, and you're devastated by the betrayal. Only the Word of God can heal. I love Isaiah 61 verse 3. He gave me beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that He might be glorified. You know, the spirit of heaviness is the ancient way of saying depression, that sinking feeling you have every day, that lousy feeling. This morning, many of you are brokenhearted. Some of you have sadness, deep sadness. I'm here to tell you God loves you. God is for you. He has a wonderful plan for your life. And no trauma of your past can destroy your glorious future in Jesus Christ. Come on, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and say, the word will make you whole. Now, notice, God's word can penetrate even to the joints and the marrow. That means... It will heal your physical body too. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 22. Let's all read together, right? From to the back, the words in bold, three times as loud, starting now. My son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. The Hebrew word for health is medicine. God's word is medicine for your entire body. Every time I read this passage, I remember Pastor Sammy Bolang in Jakarta. Pastor Sammy, a few years ago, had alopecia universalis, an autoimmune disease. There is no cure for this. Within weeks, he lost all his hair from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. Even his eyebrows were falling off. He has constant migraines and was in pain. Some days, he felt disoriented. But every day, Pastor Sammy meditated on Proverbs 4, verse 20 to verse 22. God, I pay attention to your word. I turn my ear to your word. I keep them in my sight. I keep them in my heart. For they are health medicine for my whole body every day and the more he meditated on this the more he received the life and the health into his body until he was completely healed of this chronic disease of alopecia universalis come on give the lord a big hand come on church you want to clap give the lord a big clap somebody shout hallelujah everybody say with me say the bible it's medicine for my body. Psalms 107 verse 20 says, He sent out His word and healed them, and He rescued them from the grave. God, this morning, even in this place, God is sending this word to heal you. God's word can heal people in their minds, in their emotions, and also in their physical body. There is no place you're hurting this morning 
whether you're in person here in church or watching online, on, it, uh, anywhere, God can heal you. There's no place He cannot reach to heal you. Your heart, your mind, your soul, your body. Let's go to the final verse for tonight. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. Final verse, okay? Let's all read together starting now. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God's divine power. How many of you believe God is powerful? Yeah. God is almighty God. He's powerful. He's omnipotent. His almighty power has given us everything we ever need in this life to live godly and victoriously. But how do we tap into this power? Through our knowledge of Him. From where? From the Bible. How do you get the knowledge of God reading the Bible? The more you read, the more His almighty power is released in you. Look at verse 4. Through this, meaning by studying the Bible, you will realize that He has given us His very great and precious promises. Everything you need for a godly, victorious life is access through the promises of God in the Bible. The more the promises I experience, the more His power is being released. But more amazing than any healing or blessing is this. So that through them, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. Yeah, through them, through these promises, you will participate in the divine nature of God. So every time, you experience the fulfillment of a promise. You come one step closer into your union with God. When I experience healing, I come one step closer. When I experience deliverance, I come one step closer. When I experience it's possible not to be angry, I come one step closer. When I experience what it means to have my thoughts and my words be in alignment, I come one step closer. And you are changed even more and more into Christ-likeness. And the fruit of the Spirit ripens up a little bit more in you. So that through them, it says, you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption caused by evil desires. Through this word, you have victory over every temptation. Everything you ever need for life and godliness is found in this book. So as you start 2024, please don't neglect the word. Right here is the key to your well-being and success. Look, we all only have 24 hours in a day. All of us, no one has more, no one has less. So many people have things are fighting for your attention every day. The best investment you can ever make is to invest time in studying the Word of God. And Satan wants you to think you can never understand the Bible because it's too hard. Oh, pastor, it's too hard. I read, I don't understand. He's a liar. You can't understand. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit is your best teacher. 
And oh, go ahead and praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on, let's give the Lord praise. Amen. As your pastor, I pray for you every day. Many people say, Pastor, pastor Kong, you're in Korea. What are you praying for? I, I was praying that you would love the Bible so much that you would spend time in the Word every day as much as you can. I understand we're all at different stages of life. You just do the best you can. Those years, I wasn't around. Son had to work, full-time job, look after Dayan at home, and my two elderly parents who were very sickly. The only time Son could study the Bible was late at night, but she did. And the Word gave her the strength and the wisdom to be a powerful leader in our church and a good mother and daughter-in-law at home. Just do the best you can. When I was in the army as an NS boy, I studied the Bible whenever I can in my bunk. I remember many people said, Kong, you know, be careful. When you go NS, you're going to backslide. I actually grew spiritually very strong during my NS years. There is always time that you can find to study the Bible if you want to. So I want to encourage you this morning. Read the Word. Study it. Make the Bible a priority in your life. Before we stand up to worship and pray, I want you to consider coming to SOT this year. You can do the seven-month certificate program from March to September. Professor Doug Peterson will give you an overview of the whole Bible. In two weeks, you'll learn all about the 66 books of the Old Testament and the New Testament. Nothing is missed out. You will learn the most important sermons of Jesus in the four Gospels. I will do an in-depth study with you on the book of Romans. Professor Frank Marquia, possibly the number one theologian in the Pentecostal world today, will teach you theology, the study of God. Professor Byron Klaus, the former president of AGTS in the US, he will teach you Pentecostal foundations of ministry. You'll be taught how to move in the gifts of the Spirit, how to preach, and what Christian leadership is all about. These seven months will change your life. I will be there. Prof. Doug, Frank, Byron, Pastor Bob, and the rest of the pastors, we will all be there to mentor you, to teach you, to equip you, so please pray over it and sign up as soon as possible because we're starting in March. Turn to your neighbors and say, sign up for SOT. <laughs> for those of you who completed the SOT, we have the second year AA degree program. Seven advanced modules on New Testament studies, leadership, missions, spiritual disciplines, the Holy Spirit and the church, Christian ethics, all taught by the foremost Pentecostal theologians in the world today. Those of you who completed the second year AA program, you can proceed to do the full BTH, the Bachelor of Theology. This is our brand new third year program, which will start in October. Now again, for the BTH, all the lecturers are among the best Pentecostal theologians in the world today. This is God's calling for us. Some of you say, Pastor, why are you doing all this? You know, why don't we just 
go and have barbecue by the beach every week, just fellowship more. <laughs> this is God's calling for us to raise up Pentecostal scholars and leaders who are strong and deep in the Word of God so that we can bring life and revival to our generation. Oh, come on, you believe that? Give the Lord a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap. Hallelujah. Woo. Be a part of what God is doing here. Sign up for the first year, the second year, and the new third-year program. But let me tell you, whether you come to SOT or not, we are all followers of Jesus. And as followers of Christ, He wants you to grow in your love for the Word. It will be medicine for your soul, healing for your body. It will give you power and authority over Satan the devil and victory in life. Most of all, it will completely change you and make you a partaker of the divine nature of God. How many of you know, how many of you, by a show of hands, you want to know the Bible better this year? Put up your hands right now. Come on, let's all stand up. Let's all get ready to worship God. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg 